that's that. But all this accomplishment, I really wish my brother and sister you get to see how far they're gonna make it. All my fallen soldiers, all of my friends, God. Everyone who there who's going through a hard time in life, just remember no matter how hard time gets. You know, tough times don't last tough people do. They're gonna shine again. Don't forget. Do we do 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 I will shine again. Life comes with ups and downs. We got the only to the end. Somebody broke in on me, also did me money now, make your parents. Seems like it's no one to call. No one can lend me a cent. I just pray to the most high and turn and say, Holy, holy. guys can hear me uh give me a thumbs up because i'm not sure i can hardly hear myself today
changing your thought life daily. You know, that goes for the first. So, but before we jump in, and, you know, honestly, it's a continuation from the last time we talked about uh, self-compassion. Self-compassion also helps to um, regulate your, your thought life and, you know, how you, you know, go from life from day to day. Like, I have to tell you, today was a tough day for me. Like, a lot of things going on. I don't know for you, but for me, sometimes the weekends, I don't know, sometimes, not not all times, I mean, but sometimes the weekends feel just like almost like the day week is just crazy. Um, but anyway, I'm thankful for life. I thank God um, for life and my family, my husband, my kids, uh, my friends, my family, and of course, and also, because you know, science says that cannabis not only your blood, but it is also bond you. And that's my theme for this podcast. So I thank God. And you know, I played that song the last time too. You know, thank God for my family and friends. And I played that a little bit too. But how are you guys doing? How was your week this past week? How have you been? Like, how was last week? How did you do? Um, did you think about self compassion? 
and what it means to show self and self-compassion, perhaps have a practice, any other tips that we have talked about in our last um, podcast. I don't know, how is that showing up for you? Are you mindful about that? Is mindfulness is part of self-compassion, right? And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight. Uh, but before we get into it, a podcast, I always like to kind of go over what the podcast is about. I might know what that is, but you, know, you never know. Somebody might join us for the first time. And I always like to cover that. I'm not going to bore you too much, but again, I'm your host, Keisha Murray, and I am a licensed clinical and social worker psychotherapist and author of Healing of the Heart. Sidebar. So, you know, someone said to me recently in the, from the end of the event, in the family new beginning of healing business community, says, are you on to your second book yet? And I was like, I was so flattered, you know, like someone actually, you know, feels that they're about the book, Healing of the Heart, and this is from the journey, you know, this is how the podcast got started in the first place. And um, she said to me twice, she said, you're on to the second one, right? <laughs> and that really, really touched my heart because... Number one, I never even saw the first book. And I remember two years ago, another um, lady from the community said, I knew you're going to write a book one day. And I just said, you know, I sat in my chair, you know, supporting her, and she's pouring into my life saying, you know, hey, you're going to write a book one day. And I'm like, I might. And during that time, I actually was writing the book. I just didn't say anything. What? But that was nervous. That was shy. But anyway, so sidebar, Hitting of the Heart came out of my own story. And a story that is, I would say, it mirrors a lot of the stories that I hear, you know, working and supporting women in the office and in groups and even outside the office, you know. And so I'm so thankful, honestly. You know what I get to realize, and I hope that you're realizing this too, is that even though we experience difficulties in many ways, that we're not alone and that there are other people out there like us, you know, and um, they have their stories in a different way, but we can relate to them. Together, and I think that helps us to grow and helps us to become better and helps us to know that we're not alone at the end of the day. So that's who I am, partly. And so the other part of that is I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and so funny, I was walking the garden with my husband um, yesterday. Yeah, Friday. We actually had lunch yesterday. <laughs> and I said, oh my goodness, this August, August 18th this year, the 20 years, I cannot believe it, honestly. I said, where has the time gone? 20 years. It's been a long time. And it doesn't feel like that, honestly. He's my best friend. I'll be very honest with you. You know, one of my relatives always says, she acts like she's like um, the first lady or something. She doesn't go anywhere without Joe. <laughs> you know, uh, she acts like she's Mrs. Obama. Because, you know, if Joe's not going, Keisha's not going. The point of it is that we're close, you know. We're very close. It feels like that. And I'm thankful. But yeah, I'm a wife and, uh, and a mom. And uh, I think I cover everything. Yeah, and I also teach I teach, you know, I teach at work, I teach at the local um, college, and I, I get to learn a lot. You know, that may sound like, oh, that's a lot. Much is given to whom much is given, much is required, and I'm thankful for being able to do it. You know, um, the older I get, and I'm having a birthday coming up in March, the older I get, I realize that <clears throat> what we do is not so much about, you know, uh, a title, it's more about um, service, honestly. <clears throat> it's more about, you know, why we're here. Often here we talk about purpose. And it's why we're here. If you're listening, I really want you to, you know, kind of clue in or, you know, lean in, as the saying goes, um, about the purpose. Because honestly, I was listening to a meditation today that 
that, you know, you live once and you die once too. So, you know, what will you do from the moment you're born? That dash in your time right here and you will expire. What is your purpose? And, you know, honestly, I think if we miss that, if I were to miss that, that would be very sad for me, honestly. Because I'm always one to think about how can I be of service, um, whether it's to my children at home and or outside of my home, you know, how can I be of service? And I think that's really important. So as I get older, that becomes more interesting. So whenever I talk about, you know, who I am, I always mention this. It just happens that it's not something I have to do twice in my life. <laughs> so that's who I am. And I think I pretty much, you know, shared this podcast as I thought. And I love talking about that aspect more than anything else because, again, it, it leads back to purpose. And why this podcast exists. You know what? What else? So what this podcast is not. It's not about blaming. You know, it's not about pointing fingers at people. Why, you know, I'm a narcissist because I had narcissistic parents. I hate that quite a bit. You know, I am, I'm just, I'm angry because, you know, my parents did this, because this, that. Listen, these things are legit. They're fine, they are. But what I am saying about this podcast is not a place that we're supposed to discuss them. We acknowledge those things and we look at them, which leads me to say this podcast can be very sensitive sometimes because we do touch on topics that perhaps can be difficult to hear or talk about, or perhaps you're just not there yet, and that's okay. So maybe this podcast enters the space for you where you can begin to look little by little at perhaps some of the injuries that you sustain emotionally and mentally and decide that you can heal, which is why you're going to listen to listen to the podcast. And which is why perhaps, you know, I've heard I've been getting a lot of feedback. You know, every time I've done a podcast I said I would share, you know, feedback that I have received um, from YouTube and from persons that now have the book. So one of the things I've heard about healing up the heart since this is healing up the heart podcast is that I'm hearing that, wow, you know what? I have something similar in my life. I didn't even know that you as a therapist went through something like that and how you got through that and how other women actually experienced that. Like, I didn't even know. And I didn't even think of it in that way. These are some comments I'm hearing. And then I hear um, another comment someone said to me, you know what? <clears throat> you know, um, I have a few girls that perhaps this book can help. Can you, can you, can you send me a few? And I have some questions in thinking what okay, this might help. So I am hearing that this book um, is touching the hearts of women and girls and, and has the potential to touch so many others. And I'm really, really thankful. That's my heart's desire, honestly. It's my heart's desire is that people can take a look and see that, you know what, they're not much different from me and that they can truly, truly heal and have a productive and meaningful life. And that is my goal for every woman who ever and so, well, I just want to give you a little feedback. I always promise that if I get a feedback, I'm going to share it. And I think it's really cool. And that helps me, too. As I always share with the women I work, I say, you know what? I have to think through the book, too. You know, it's a two-way street. It's not that, you know, you come here and, oh, my gosh, I'm so smart, and I get to tell you all this, you know, fancy stuff. No, you know, I get to see, you know, where you are and the support that you're getting and how it's helping you. And then, you know, when I hear back about that, that helps me tremendously because what that does, it turns around and helps me to help somebody else. So you see how this works? It just keeps expanding out, it keeps growing. And so your pain, my pain, actually helps someone else to move from their pain. <clears throat> so that's what this podcast is about. It's about looking, being curious, right? Um, and from this curiosity, you know, ask questions and 
from the questions, you begin to, you know, take take the layers off and go deeper to see, you know, the answers that really exist for you and what you can do with them. So it's a judgment-free zone. <clears throat> you know, it's non-judgmental. You know, we don't go crazy about those things. We try to, like, like I always say, leave judgment at the door. And we try to invite curiosity in to see where that leads us. And we do that in a cautious because, again, we're mindful of persons that perhaps may not be able to talk about, you know, certain things on the podcast and we can hear it and so. And um, we want to be mindful of that because mindfulness is important because that's a big practice for self-compassion. And we do have self-compassion here. So that's that. I'm about to disclose her. What else I want to tell you? Uh, I have a couple more announcements to go through, like about upcoming groups and everything, but we didn't come on for announcements. We came on to talk about the topics. So before we get into that, why don't we just play my favorite now, one of my favorites, I should say, that family song I played the last time. So, you know, give you a few more minutes to cozy up. Maybe, you know, get your tea, coffee. The weather's been interesting today. It's been, like, really gloomy here in Palmage County. Just, like, drizzling off and on, and the weather has been, like, in the 60s. Now, for some persons up north right now, like my brother told me today, it was, like, below 13 in Ohio. Like, you can keep that, okay? Like, he says, I am not going anywhere. Like, bro, you can keep that. So, yeah, the weather was, uh, it's, it's 65 today, and, you know, gloomy, and I'm complaining. But truly, that's not a South Florida weather. That's not our typical. But, you know, hey, grab your cup of tea, um, cozy up on over here, so we can continue this talk about changing your thought life daily. Let's see if I can find it. And again, this is by Ashley Cooper. It goes by Selective Chronic. I like this song. Um, actually, no. It's by um, John Yardin. John Yardin family. and family he gave. I'm learning life is so simple. I'm learning life is a gift. I recognize the value of life is not what I have but the things I give. So I, I will live in love and love living me. And I, as for the father's son, I get to And every single human being, you're a king, yes, you're a king. But firstly, you're my friends and family.
thoughts that were running through my mind. And I almost did not um, did not come on this podcast. And my husband's working next door and all kinds of things going. But then I remembered, you know, a few things. I'm going to look at the topic for tonight, changing your thought life daily. Changing your thought life daily. So obviously that goes for me. None of us are truly exempt from having negative thoughts. None of us. We are all prone to it. Um, for some of us more than others, many more times throughout the day than others. Um, some of us have minds that are just busy, you know, just busy. Not focus on anything in particular, but if you check it, even though you, you really not able to pinpoint what your focus, you know, what your mind is running or running through your mind, if you really slow down long enough, you'll realize that it's mostly negative. Okay? My laptop is kind of paused. So to to begin this. Um, I want you to think about a couple things about this. Number one, what is my focus on daily? Seriously, when you wake up in the morning, when you wake up, so three things I want you to focus on tonight this podcast. Number one, when you wake up in the morning, why well, should actually got help? And I ask this when I'm working too. Before you go to bed at night, what are you doing? Are you watching TV? What are your activities before bed? All right, we're talking about changing your thought life daily. What are your activities an hour or two hours before bed? So that's the first question too. What are your activities one to two hours before? All right. So notice that. Really consider that. And then uh, notice when you wake up in the morning. What are you thinking about when you wake up in the morning? So number one, what are you watching or thinking about an hour or two before that? So obviously I'm asking how do you close out your day to begin with? And then that will naturally lead into then how do you begin your day? What do you wake up thinking about um, when you wake up in the morning? You know, when you wake up in the morning rather. And then the next question I want you to consider then is, as a result of that, if you, if you reflect, well, how is my day as a result of how I wake up in the morning? 
and then see how this rolls around. And of course, then you think about what am I doing before bed an hour or two before bed. All of this, right, if, if you know, we don't really pay attention to this, but unconsciously these things are happening. And so what is the quality of our thought life? Again, I say this all the time, this goes for me first. So let me repeat that. So, you know, when you go to bed at night, hour or two before bed at night, what are you doing? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you, what's going into the mind? Right? Because here's the deal. When you go to bed at night, the mind is working out solutions to things. It's just working over and turning over. That's what the science says. You know, it's called REM sleep, rapid eye movement. Right? So we even include that in our work, EMDR. That's what EMDR is. You know? You know, rapid eye movement. That's part of the stimulation in, in EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and processing when you're doing trauma work. But so at, at night you're you're having some of the, some of that happen, REM. The brain is working, you know, unconsciously working things out. So that so think about this. What are you thinking about? What are you taking in before you go to bed? That's important stuff, right? So when you wake up in the morning, well, you're gonna wake up with those things, with the answers, or you wake up with more confusion, or you wake up with just a mixed up mixture, you know, disharmony, if you will. I like to use that word quite a bit because that's what we have. People always say, well, what's neurosis? Well, you know what neurosis is? Basically, it's inner conflict. It's inner conflict with yourself. And so that's what neurosis is. And when you have inner conflict that you cannot resolve, then you know, you, you, it's, it's necessary to go see someone professional to help you sort out this disharmony. So tonight, let's kind of do some of that now, right? So you know, if you can help yourself, even if you still need to speak to someone professional like myself, at least you have some tools to help yourself with, okay? So that's the first, those are the three questions rather. What are you taking in before you go to bed? What are you watching? What are you listening to, right? Remember REM sleep is happening? And then when you wake up in the morning, gee, you know, throughout the middle of the day, gee, and back at night again before you go to bed. Again, this goes to be So your thought life really matters. So just to prove that point, though, I have an article, a research article. Yes, everything I do is based on research. You know, I had someone say that to me. Gee, every time you say something, you know, the research says, well, true, the research really does say. You know, if you're going to do, listen, if you're going to do this work, okay, I mean, when you go to your doctor's office, you don't want them just giving you stuff because they think it's going to work. No, they have research. You know, they have theory with some specific outcomes, right, that says, hey, you know, this really, really helped you, right? So here's this research um, article. Um, it says, this is the title, Psychological and Physiological Effects in Planned Growth and Health by Using Positive and Negative Words. And this was, um, article was published uh, in June 2021, Volume 8, Issue 1, um, from the Department of Dune University in Dehadron, Hydrogen, India. Okay, I missed it. So just bear with me, right? If this is important to you, which I think it is, so I'm going to read just the, the abstract part of it and then I'll read the conclusion towards the end. It says, by answering the questions, do words affect plant growth, affect effect plant growth, we've carried out studies to test the hypothesis that positive and negative words and environment can affect plant growth and health. Two and these are plant names, I can, you know, I really can pronounce spells in my best. Two epiphromonum aurum plants were taken. 
The first plant was grown in a negative environment where it was cursed while growing. And yes, the second plant was grown in a positive environment and it was praised while it was growing. Several growth parameters were measured, including the germination rate, plant height, and leaf size. In addition, the health status was measured by leaf color, stem, and spots. Plant growth was observed continuously for four weeks. Four weeks, right? So that's, that's, that's the, um, the, the measurement of the here, four weeks. The results showed that positivity in the environment and words had a significant positive effect on growth. Plant seeds under the influence of the positive words had a higher germination, right? So that means they were able to, to, to grow. And the seeds were able to, the energy inside the seeds then were able to, to spring out, attach itself to the earth and grow roots. Notice that, that's powerful to me. So had um, plant seeds under the influence of the positive words had a higher germination rate, and these plants grew taller, larger, and healthier than that in a negative environment. By the way, I have to give credit. So it's one of the women in the NHI community, I work with her, and we were, so we were working on talking about, well, some of the things that we're talking about was looking at the impacts of, this is a concept in our work, it's called PI, the first environment. And, you know, really realizing the impact of what we're taking in daily, okay? And how that, you know, really feeds into our subconscious and how that affects our ego and how that affects ourself, right? And so, you know, we've been really working at this for a while and she sent this article to me. She says, so now she's a believer. She says, you know what? I'm beginning to see how this environment stuff is really affecting me and how this is true. So she found this article and she emailed it to me. And I said to her, you know what? I am going to share this on my next podcast. So I did not even look this article. I didn't have to, although I could, um, to do this podcast tonight because I had it in mind to do so. But I didn't have to. And this is the thing about the efficacy I was talking to you about earlier, how, you know, the women I get to work with, they pour back into my life too. Why? So then it, the information I get it, it helps other people. So here's, here's proof of that. And so she sent this article to me. She says, take a look at this. And we were talking a little while about this when I saw her next. And I said, you know what? She says, this is true. It is amazing how when you're in an environment where you're constantly hearing, so the things you're taking in. So what are some things you're taking in at night in your environment? It's not just the TV. It's the people who live in your home. It's the people that you're talking to. These, these transactions, if you will, they really affect our thought life and they affect our productivity. You know, unconsciously, we make decisions based on what the things that we've heard and the things that we take in and that the brain actually have come to believe over time. It's a really powerful thing. You know, tonight when I was struggling to start the podcast, you know, I said, you know what? I'm going to podcast tonight. If no one comes on, no one comes on. If one person listens, then one person listens. But you know what? When you believe in something, you do it regardless. You don't have to feel like it to do it, because I did not feel like it tonight. So I told myself, you know what? I'm going to do this podcast regardless. That's the next step, right? So it depends on what you're taking in, and it depends on what you're giving yourself to. So here's an article that talks about, you know, the physiological and psychological effects of plant growth. And by the way, obviously, I'm alluding now um, that words have power, and so words, so words have power thought process. So based on this research here, right, if, if, if positive and negative words affect plants, so what's in a plant? 
right? So we're all energy. So what's in a plant? Every plant has an atom. I have an atom, A-T-O-M, and you have an atom, right? So what is going to be responsible for this atom to grow? And by the way, do you know that not all plants need dirt to grow? Some of them just require water. But once again, it's the environment that matters. So you're th changing your thought life daily is a series of work, a series of practice work, a series of being conscious of what you're allowing to come in. And as a result, whatever comes in, then that's going to be what you produce, and that's the manifestation. And so it's important to pause here to say, remember I was telling you earlier how I had a lot of negative thoughts coming on tonight. I had difficulty setting up my, my podcast. I had a lot of things going on today. And I really felt like, you know, I have such, I have everything prepared. I have my material prepared. But I just did not feel confident because I had some obstacles. So that's the next thing I want you to consider. So think about this, right? Depending on what you take in at night, what you take in in your environment every day, and, and this cycle goes on, it really impacts your ability to buffer stressors when they come along. So the quality of your thought life, right, the quality of your thought life will affect your productivity, right? Because face, let's face it, we all have difficulties. None of us are exempt from difficulties. It will never be that way. We call this anticipatory guidance in the work. We have to anticipate that every single day something is going to just, just go cross. You know, we expect it. But while we have this expectation happening, we call it anticipatory excuse me, anticipatory guidance and talking fast. The other side of that needs to be your thought life. How am I going to buffer my thought life? You know, how's my thought life will buffer this thing that will, who knows what will happen today? Who knows what will happen today? And so what I want to refer to that is, is you, your toolkit. Because in all of our toolkit, we need to have adaptability and we need to have resilience in our toolkit. But how we have, how we get those depends on the mindfulness and practice of our thought life. Yeah, it really does, guys, right? So a couple of things. I'm not sure if you saw the video that I did on Monday. Um, it, it was titled, you know, Life is a Series of Many Get-Ups. It's true. I was actually alluding to this podcast tonight. Didn't say much about it then. But so tonight I get to spend more time talking about those three points I mentioned in that video. And those three points that I mentioned in the video was that, you know, if you really want to have a strong thought life, there are three things you must not do. And I want to talk about those. So if you're taking notes, the first thing is catastrophizing, right? So, you know, I, I, I preface this conversation by talking about, you know, some of my own struggles um, tonight. And again, so this came out of nowhere. Once again, life has a lot of surprises. But my thought life, right, quality of my thought life, right, kicked in uh, up against the negative cognitions that I had. And yes, we all have negative cognitions. Some of us more than others, when we talked about it. And you know, I tried to go back into you know, prior episodes, but if you're like me, you grew up in an environment where you had a lot of negativity, right? <laughs> you had a lot of negative words thrown around at you, and you know, these things really shaped your identity. If you're like that, then your thought life, you're gonna have to work that much harder you know, at developing a quality thought life. It's really serious, right? And um, so we'll talk more about um, quality of the thought life more at the end. So let's just talk about the ways that will derail your quality of your thought life. Let's talk about that. So we talked about catastrophizing in the video I talked about on Monday, right? Remember, everybody has an atom. 
I have one, you have one. And not every environment, you know, needs, um, not every plant needs dirt. Some can grow in water. So we just know that we need to have a positive environment to continue to grow, whether it's water or dirt. You know, you, you have to know for yourself what it is that you will need to grow. And you can learn that for yourself. But one thing for sure is a negative environment is not a place for any one of us to have a, for, for an atom to be strong and for an atom to grow. It's just not going to. And here's the thing about energy. You know, energy doesn't die. It just doesn't do any, it just, it just, it just moves to something else. It just turns into something else. And whatever it turns into, you want it to turn to something that you want, honestly. It just, it just returns. It doesn't die, it just returns to something else. So you have to decide this atom that you have inside of you, right? What was born in your heart to do, what are you going to do about it? So one of the ways to kill, right, or for that atom to return to something else is to catastrophize. What is that? So catastrophizing simply it's a negative thinking pattern. It is. It's characterized by excessive worrying and imagining the worst possible outcomes possible. And you know, hey, let's just be honest. There's a lot of research out there that proves that whatever you can, if you condition your mind for the worst things to happen, believe me, the worst things will do, they will happen. Because what happens is that you're creating the conditions for those things to happen. Think about that. That's a powerful one for me. You know, if you think you're going to have a bad day, you're going to have a bad day, right? Remember, we all know that there's negative and positive energy in the world or negative and positive forces. It's just how it is. You know, how do I know? Well, because, you know, it's not sunny every day. Again, I talked about that on Monday. If we had all sun, we'll have all desert, right? So we have to have a balance, you know? You have to have forces. We have to expect it, that is what I'm saying. You know, you can't have all, you know, all rain. Well, if we had all rain, like I said on Monday, we'll have a second flood. And I told you I'm a brand new swimmer for the past seven years. I would literally drown. The point I'm making here is that you have to have forces. You have to have obstacles. So you can expect the obstacle, but the obstacle also knows that there are other forces like us that we need to continue to push forward. So catastrophizing, having a negative thinking pattern, all that simply does is bolster the, um, the negative forces, and that's what we don't want. So what does catastrophizing look like? Well, you imagine the worst outcome. You start to have imagery, you know? So once you have imagery, then what comes with the imagery? Then, you know, then you have words and thoughts that go with the imagery. And before you know it, guess what? You're, you're reproducing actions to, to actually manifest those imagery and those thoughts. Isn't that something? If you pause for a second and think about that, <clears throat> think about that. Think about the last time you had a negative imagery about something, a negative outcome that you fear. That goes for me too. <clears throat> and notice how you got lost in it. That's the thing. We get lost in these thoughts. We get lost in, well, what if the person says this? Or what if the person does that? We get so lost in it. And before you know it, we don't even have any clarity of thought about what it is that we can actually do. And so as a result of that, the very thing we fear is the very thing that happens. And that's catastrophizing. So yeah, it's, it's, you, you imagine a worst possible outcome. And then you get lost in it, you get engaged in it, you know. And here's the thing about that. That is very detrimental to your mental health and your well-being. So now, right there, catastrophizing is not an environment that you want to grow your atom. It's just not. So once again, just referring back to the plant. Not all plants need, you know, earth. Plants of plants can thrive in water. In fact, there's one in Stephanie's office, I'm getting a clip. Because, you know, it's, it's running wild in her office. She says, I think you need to get some of this thing off. It's too wild. 
um, when we put it some water, it doesn't require dirt. So <clears throat> what does your atom require? One of the things that it does not require is catastrophizing. So instead of catastrophizing, how can you better grow your atom? How can you better strengthen my energy and your energy? It's better to focus on developing a more balanced and positive thinking patterns. Like I was saying, remember, we have to balance. So, you know, we're not thinking everything is going to be great because we know that's a lie. That's a lie. If everything was great, we'd have sunshine every day. But we know that's, that's an imbalance because we need sun, we need rain, right? So we have to have a balance. Nature has a way of balancing itself out. And so we have to learn to do the same. So how do you focus on developing more of a balanced and positive thinking patterns? Well, you know, this can be achieved through various things. Like I said, not all plants require water. Some require dirt, water, right? It depends on what environment needs. So there are various ways to achieve this. Um, I am a therapist, right? And so as I mentioned earlier, what's truly neurosis? Someone who has internal conflict. And they have a difficult time, you know, getting from being Tangled with that. They're so fixated. We say, you know, you're either fixated on that or you're, you're regressing. You're going backwards in your development. You're not, you don't really have the tools and skills or you threw them out the window somewhere. You've got to come talk to, you know, a therapist, right? So you can, you know, choose to have what we call cognitive behavioral therapy. We call that CBT. You know, come talk to one of us. We love to talk to you. You know we do, right? Um, mindfulness. Mindfulness practices. Can I tell you? And I, I tell this everybody whether i'm doing a video or i'm in my office or to my team listen now i tell you what here's the secret i'm going to tell i'm going to say this on my live show i take naps in my office yep i do and i teach my team my students take a nap yes take a nap mindfulness you know when that sign says in session that means i'm either in session with someone or i'm in session with myself literally i'm not kidding at one o'clock every day so now you're going to know my schedule <laughs> At one o'clock, if I'm in Boca or um, Green Acres, I literally take a nap. I meditate. And if you look at my little hutch, I have my little Bible there. Yep. You know, my little Bible. I, I pray, I meditate, and I take these 15 minute naps or like 30 minutes. I have to too because of my, um, my hypothyroidism because I need energy. So I have to like take a pause. But mindfulness practices, that can include prayer. That can include meditation, prayer and meditation, you know, you know, combo package here. I'm taking a nap. Sometimes I just need a nap, you know? And you know what those, those, what those practices do for you? They slow you down, right? So you're not constantly going. Remember I, earlier, you know, do you know what you're doing before you go to bed at night? What are you taking in? Do you remember, right? Slow down. So when you have mindfulness practices, such as the ones I mentioned, or go for a walk. Go for a walk in nature. So, you know, I do that a lot too. I'm either lifting weights when I'm home or I'm walking, riding a bike. Oh my goodness, I get lost in that. Can I tell you? <sighs> so if, you, if, you, if, you, if you've ever been in my office, behind my door, you can see the picture of the ocean, right? I am obsessed with the ocean. Like, I love that. So by doing these things, right? Talking to a therapist, you know, practicing mindful practices on your own, challenging those negative thoughts, right? Like sometimes in my work, I'll say, you know what? Can I ask you a question? Who's authorizing that? Well, I never thought of that. Well, yeah. Who's telling you to think like that? Right? Where did you learn to think like that? Well, you know, I never thought about that. Yeah. Well, not because you think it makes it true. Like, where did you get that from? And sometimes I'll ask questions like, 
what's the motivation for that thought? Seriously, what's motivating that thought? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it jealousy? Right? What is it? What is it? And a lot of times for me, it's fear, right? Like tonight, I was fearful today. I'm like, I'm going to get out late, oh my goodness. You know, I'm not going to get to right? A lot of times, fear can really dysregulate our ability to think, right? But with mindfulness, taking deep breaths, doing breath work, taking a walk, these are mindful ways to slow down and to challenge negative thoughts. By doing that, you, you get to consider a more positive and realistic alternatives. Again, when you're emotionally dysregulated, when your amygdala is going off the chain, like you can't really think anything for It's just not possible. You make a lot more mistakes, right? So we're talking about changing your thought life too. So we're going to pause because I want to catch on. I want to do two more. We could talk about two more. One, one of them is, uh, again, catastrophizing. The other one is comparing yourself to others. And the last one is all or nothing. We call that total life. So we're going to pause here because I know I talked a whole lot already. And we're going to play something fun. Fears at my future. Let's do that one. We'll come back and we'll do that. So I got to find it. Are you having fun? I am. And look, I almost missed it on a great podcast. So I'm going to go to my YouTube. And we're going to play Fears at my future. I love that guy's voice. And then, oh, I forgot I have to do an answer when I get back to you. I'll do an answer first thing when I get back. Here we go. I can't get over how amazing Pretty Litter is. We just were never really truly happy with any litter at a lot of times. Just... And you know what? I'm not even going to edit that part. I'm just going to let it be raw and natural. So you can just, you know, I hope you didn't hear too much of the commercial. I figured that. You are, you are, you are, you are. 
sickness is not my story. You are the truth. You are. You are. Heartbreak's not my story. You can't stay here no more. You are. You are. You are. Sadness not me. Death is not me. Jesus. She's actually not my youngest, uh, but one of, the, one of the young ones, I often say to her. Um, she is the daughter of a retired NFL player, and um, we've been doing a lot of work together. And she's, um, she's a journal, journalism major, and uh, she, she does some of her own um, you know, broadcasting work um, just, you know, via the university that she attends. And, you know, she wants to come on to the podcast and... Uh, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, um, young women's issues uh, in, in the 21st century, you know, and um, and how their resiliency and, you know, how they have their own set of values and beliefs and um, creating their own culture and the way how they want to live their lives. And it's going to be really interesting to, to have her on this podcast. I'm looking forward to it. And then the next, the next woman, uh, she listens to this podcast all the time. She knows who she is. Uh, she's out of Miami. She's an up-and-coming model and school teacher. She's beautiful, amazing, amazing, amazing. I can't wait for her. She's been saying to me, you know we're going to do this podcast. You know we're going to do this podcast. I cannot wait. And I say to her, you know what? I say, here, here we go again. Here, is, here, are, here are two young ladies who they're pouring back into me. I mean, you know, and they want to do this podcast and also have the book and have given me a lot of feedback on the book also and how it's encouraging them. In fact, um, one of the lady from Miami, she said, you know, I bought two books by accident. She said, but you know what? I'm going to give the second one to, to someone else. And I thought that well, that really touched my heart. So this giving just keeps giving, okay? So um, in March, we're going to have these two, maybe a third, maybe a third. I think it's a third person who wants to join that particular podcast. And we haven't even titled the podcast yet, but I know it's going to be a really, really amazing one. Um, I'm excited, and I'm thankful too um, to have this uh, this what's the word this uh, this input, this return, if you will. It really encourages me. It does, and I hope it's encouraging to you just to hear that, and also to look forward to that. So I'll be announcing that because 
um, one of the ways I get it. She's in Paris on a work study. Once she gets back and I have all the details put together, then I'll make the announcement to be really official. But I did share with them that I'll, you know, I'll be saying that on this podcast this weekend. So, you know, but going forward, we'll hear more about that. So let's find out. So, you know, the next two negative environments that we can have for ourselves in our minds, if we're trying to like change our thought life daily, if we want our atom to grow, the next thing that we don't need to be doing is comparing ourselves to other persons, okay? Now check this out, right? So I used to do that too. Seriously, you know? Remember, I'm the one that didn't finish law school. I'm the flunky, okay? Like, I just didn't cut it. All right, so, you know, for a long time there, and that's also in the book. I talked about that a lot, actually, or someone, not a lot, but someone. You know, a lot of stories there, they, they, they weave into each other. But I, I was always comparing myself to other persons, especially my colleagues that did make it to law school, my best friend who's an attorney, Terrence Dowdell. Uh, you know, I compared myself to that a lot of times, you know, um, how different my life would have been. You know, maybe I would have made more money. Uh, maybe I would have had more staff people, you know, all these things, right? Um, again, you know, I, I always teach this about the internal side. So that's the internal information that we get from society. We call that normalizing judgment. Normalizing judgment says this, you know, we measure our responses, we measure our view of self and what we do or we think we should do against institutional norms, societal norms, and other people's um, norms. Yeah, all of that, all the norms, right? So that's what, so I, compare yourself, that's basically what you're doing. You know, and so basically when you do that, you're basically saying, you know what, I'm not sure what I want for myself. And so because I'm not sure, I just kind of like sit back and compare myself to others and basically do nothing. So you're not productive. You know, that sucks. For a while I did that, like no kidding. You know, I was talking to someone and I was like, I've been practicing for 16 years, but it didn't feel like that because for the first part of my career, I was just watching, you know, I was watching people do this work that I do now with more passion, right? Because, and you know what happened? What happened to me is not because I didn't have the passion, the atom was there. It's just that it wasn't in the right environment. Oh my God. You know, I'm talking to that, just hit me. Boom. It, I was just, you know, I, I, hey, I don't know. I was just was not in the right environment, right? I just didn't have what I needed. And, and the environments that I, that I was in, you know, it really made me catastrophize a whole lot more, like seriously, right? It really did. Uh, which. As I said that just now, I'm looking forward to a sidebar. I'm looking forward to our, our women's, our Springs women, you know, group. And I'll be honest, at first I was nervous about doing that group. Stephanie, Stephanie's like, you know what? If it's only two women, I'm going to do it. I'm like, you know, she said, we should do it. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. So I think we have about four or five persons enrolled for this group. It's our first time doing it in spring. Remember now, we usually do it in the fall. But on our last fall, a person said, no, 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 you should do it in spring. And, you know, so we're doing it. My faith. We're doing that. Speaking of faith, I hope I, I want to remember to talk about something that really happened to me yesterday. And I happened to just open my Bible and it was so inspirational. Actually, made me tear up a little bit. So, comparing ourselves to others, once again, you know, that's because our ego is just so insecure, right? One of the, one of the functions of the ego, right, is reality testing. So, when we're comparing ourselves to others, that's really not reality testing because. What you're saying is that this other person over here is better than me and they can do it so much better and everything in their life is great. That's not reality, okay? That's like, that's that false cognition. Because first of all, we don't have the details about these other person's lives. We don't know anything. Like how do we get to remember, catastrophizing? You have to ask questions. So when you start doing the comparison thing, check yourself. Do I even know this person? What do I doubt them? 
Do I know how long they've been doing this work? Or what was the work? What did the work entail for them to be? We don't know any of these things. And, and by the way, I was at church and my, you know, my pastor said, you know, the world has so many appearances. It's true though. People put on an appearance. Stay off social media, by the way. I said that, you know, I'm not on. I'm on when I post things that are, I feel are necessary and important for my growth and others. If I have an inspiration, I will say, because I believe that there's always someone that can use that. So what are we talking about? Comparing ourselves to others, right? So instead of doing that, so obviously I think it's self-explanatory what it means to compare. Don't do it. <laughs> In the video I talked about on Monday, I was talking to my best friend, Terrence Dowdell, and I'm like, you know what, there's so many plants in the world. Do we know who all or what all these plants are? I couldn't tell. I don't want to know, but I know that they have, you know, natural benefits, and they're benefiting the entire world. Yet, we know some plants more than others, like golden villas or cactuses. You know, as I mentioned, I have quite a few in my office. I love those, right? But yet, there are other things, are there variations on the cactus that I don't even know? Are they less important? No, they're not. They're equally important. You know, I dare to say God has them here for a reason. Some parts of the universe, I say God, all right? And so you are here for a purpose, just like I am. Maybe that should be an affirmation for yourself. I am here for a purpose. You should probably write that one down, right? So again, depending on your upbringing and how, you know, so we have, all of us have one ego, right? You can get into that tonight. Maybe I'll do another on another podcast, but you know, it's shaped by different cultures. And culture is a heck of a thing. You know, it's a big influence in our lives. I mean, look at what's going on in today's culture. Boy, isn't that something else? We can talk about that for another three hours, probably. But what, what I'm saying here is that culture sets us up with these norms that I mentioned earlier. So what it does, it sets us up to forget about the other parts of ourselves that needs to be developed. And we call that the intentional side. I love that. As a matter of fact, on one of our group segments, we talk, you know, we talk a lot about the view of the self and the shaping of the self. And that's one area that I spend a lot of time talking about is the intentional side versus the, intern the, the internal side. Okay? So, so how can we step back a little bit and objective and identify, you know, what we can do to not compare ourselves to others? You can focus on your own progress. But that would mean you need to have some progress. Now, if you listen to my video on Monday, I talked about maybe you can set up one to two or three goals. I think three is too much, but some people find whatever you can handle. Hey, I have two goals for this year, all right? And so under each of those goals, I have one or two objectives. Once again, because a confused mind does nothing. Because then you start worrying excessively about things. Yeah, so, so one of the things you, you need to do instead of, instead of comparing yourself to others is to focus on your own progress. And one of the ways to focus on your progress, you know, honestly, is celebrate your own achievements and learn from your experiences. Ha, I was talking to my daughter, Kyra Head. She probably listened to this podcast right now. Um, she's getting ready to go to college. And I'm like, junior college, and you know. She was getting nervous about something. I said, Kyra, you know what? We'll fail at it. She looked at me, Mom. She smiled. She said, I like that. <laughs> I said, it's not my idea. So which brings me to the end of the podcast. I want to share two books with you that I got one for my daughter and one for myself. I really like it a lot. Um, but so if you're going to focus on your own progress, you actually need to have some progress. So you need to get there. But the idea is if you, if you compare yourself to others, you're wasting time, you're not being productive. You're not going to learn anything. You, you learn nothing from productivity. I saw this uh, saying somewhere. It says, um, consider, the, the, uh, consider your... Um, 
the, the, the process your outcome. I really like that. Consider the process to be your outcome. So whatever your process is, getting up in the morning, going to the gym, hey, that's a process. Consider that your outcome. You know, I got there. Uh, I want to pray more. Getting up at 5 o'clock. Getting up is your process. Then you actually pray. You know what I mean? So consider your process to be your, you know, to be your outcome. This is amazing. I think that is like, man, I get very worked up when I, when I think about those things because it's true. So changing your thought life daily, right, is what we're talking about. And so if you want to change your thought life daily, do not compare yourself to others. Do, do not do it. You know, focus on your own growth. Set, up, set it up to where you can have something to focus on. Again, one or two goals underneath each of those, put objectives, and work them every day. And if what you're doing does not align with your objectives, then it does not align with your goal, then you're not going to have nothing to focus on. How about that? And then as a result, you have nothing to celebrate. So that leaves you worrying about other people, stuff that they're doing. It's not your own, right? Number two, practice gratitude. Oh my gosh, I gotta tell you, you're not gonna feel like it every day. Oh my, I journal every night and I teach this to, to the women I work with, journal. You know, if it's even one line I'm thankful for, I got through the day, you know? I, I Sometimes I write, oh my gosh, I felt yucky today, but you know what, God, I thank you. I'm so happy for my husband and my kids. I get to come home to my family, you know? Um, you know, I, I felt like today was rough in, you know, session number two. But, Lord, you gave me insight. Thank you. Yeah, I say that all the time. Yeah, I don't do this work by myself. Are you kidding? No, I, I, I lean on my spiritual strength. And I not, I'm not shy about that. And I really include that in the work I do, too. I try to include personal spiritual expression and their beliefs. Because you know what? I know truly well that's part of your identity, and you need that to move heaviness out of your life. All right? Practice gratitude. Regularly practice gratitude by focusing, right? Focusing on the good and, and, and the things that you're doing. Yeah. So if you're focusing on the good things you're doing, on your process, and remember, your process is good because you're working it, right? Think about that. It's amazing. I'm enjoying this podcast. So, but by, by being able to do that, by focusing on your progress, celebrating your achievements, you know what? You're not going to have all that time to worry about what other persons are doing. You're going to be focused on your own stuff, your own atom. Yes, your own atom, okay? And so by doing that, you're showing yourself self-compassion, right? You're able to have multiple perspective about things, and you have proper interpretation of things. You're able to have better understanding about yourself and others, and you know, and you have respect for yourself. See, when we when we grow up with a poor self-esteem, that's why we compare ourselves to other people. And that sucks. I'm telling you right now, I lived with that thing for so long. I'm telling you, I really did. And it's almost like I depend on other persons to make me feel good. That is never a place for you or for me. It's not. And, and, and I find that when I work with women, this is the problem. And that's why sometimes as women, we end up having the wrong men in our lives. They figured it out that, oh, we need them to make us feel good. That's a problem. I get really worked up. I get really worked up because I know that I have had those experiences in my own life. And just with people in general, when you depend on someone to validate or to congratulate you, no, you don't need that. What you need 
is to have your own process and to have your things that you focused on so you can learn how to cultivate, you know, what is important to you so you can meet your own needs. That's what you do. And that's how you go about that, right? Last but not least, oh my gosh, I went over tonight, but we're having fun, right? <laughs> um, so last but not least, I talked about in the video on Monday, it's all or nothing thinking, you know, totalizing. You know, like, you know, making something so simplified or really complex, right? In other words, going from one extreme to the next. Oh man, I mean, that's just no good, no good. You know, try thinking of it like this. It's like black or white. I remember a couple years ago, I was working with someone and, and you know, it's like, she came to the conclusion, yeah, I'm black and white. Hey, hey, hey you know, here's the deal. So let's qualify some things. If, 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 if I'm in a building and it's burning down, okay, so obviously I'm not gonna say, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna stay here for this. No, black or white, I'm either gonna stay or I'm gonna leave. It's that simple. So I'm not talking about judgment, right? I'm not, and let me qualify that. So all or nothing is like black and white. Thinking, it's just, it's a cognitive bias, it's, it's flawed cognition, all these fancy, you know, social science words and, you know, psychoanalysis, analytic words that I use or we all use in this field, but it's cognitive bias, right? And so we perceive things in absolute terms with no room for or any gray areas or any nuances that, you know, it's just, duh. And that's not true. As a matter of fact, that leads me to talk about boundaries. Maybe we'll talk about boundaries in the next podcast, but what kind of boundaries is that? That's too rigid. Rigid boundaries don't work. You will break and you will lose, all right? So, in other words, there has to be some kind of middle ground. And there are ways to establish that, right? So this type of thinking can lead to negative thoughts and emotions. And, as, and it's very unhelpful because if you have rigid patterns of thinking, once again, rigid means nothing's going in, nothing is, 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 you know, nothing's coming in and nothing's going out. So you have no room for growth, right? You have no room for growth. You have no room for development. You have no room for your atom to grow. You know, so, so, you know, changing your thought life, right? So having, so in other words, having a middle ground. And once again, having the ability to question things, right? Having the ability to have a balanced way of thinking about things. So these are some helpful things to think about, you know, in terms of having um, a quality, positive um, thought life. And as I mentioned from the very beginning, we have to balance things. There are negative forces in this life. We live in a fallen world, as my husband said. It's true, right? Can you expect not to have hardships? Can we expect not to have negative cognitions? No, they come at us like all the time throughout the day. In fact, the research shows that more negative thoughts and more negative interactions come to us than positive ones. So we are very heavily influenced by negativity. And, and another thing too, as I mentioned before, stay on social media, stop watching other people. Listen, I cannot tell you how many people that I know that do videos and do different things, and their lives are nothing like that. They're not. They're not living that example of life. They don't have those things going on in their lives. But they present that way on social media. I can always teach anyone, I cannot teach you something that I'm not practicing, but I'm gonna tell you, that's not the world we live in today. People front like this is them, but behind the scenes, that's not the life they live. So don't watch people's life and be of anyone, which is why I really try to be so transparent and still having a professional boundary and you know, orientation on my podcast, even the work that I do. But I think it's important to have a sense of vulnerability too, to say, hey, you know what? This is really true. You know, 
So don't compare yourself to anyone. Don't catastrophize. You know, build your own life. Grow your atom. Okay. So here's the two things. Last thing I want to share. Last couple things. So the last, the last um, conclusion about the plants, how positive and negative words can impact on this on plants and on people. So I want to read the conclusion to that, to the, to the research, and then I'll share one personal note um, and it's a scripture um, that impacted me yesterday. It says, conclusion, the finding of this research showed that the, that plant to which we talk positively and use encouraging words grows beyond compared to the plant to which we negatively and use discouraging words. It was observed that the plant, Jerry, which is one participants in the study, enjoyed the company of other plants, and when we interacted with the plant, they encouraged him to grow, he felt warm and accepted, which depicts a positive energy exchange between us and the plant. On the other side, we cursed plant Tom, the participant, you know, the plant participant. We, we cursed plant Tom, negative energy was transferred to that and it did not bloom that much, and it, it broke stuff out of place. Can you imagine? So just like plants, type of words can also affect human beings. There have been many experiments that have attempted to prove the answer, the power of positive or negative words on our mind. Listen to this. Studies are still being conducted and will inevitably gain more prominence among conventional scientists as the results are documented more. It simply cannot be denied that humans, animals, and plants are affected by such influences, at least to some degree. The power of words and thoughts, 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 and feelings could be much. So think about that. You know, drop me a line or two. If you want a copy of this article, I'm more than happy to send it to you. Um, again, it's, uh, I give uh, credit to one of the women I work with. Um, she emailed that to me just out of our work together one time. She looked what I found and that she sent it to me. I so appreciate that. So I want to thank her again for the article. So on the last note, speaking of changing your thought line, so I want to give you two books. That there are two books that I want to share with you. That I think is powerful. Let's make it three. I have them all prepared here. Let's look at three books. One is called, it's a New York Times bestseller. Um, I, I listened to it on my audiobook for the last two years. It's called The Lynchpin. This is Are You Expensable? How to Drive Your Career and Create a Remarkable Future. It's by Seth Godin. I think he's a great writer and he's very human and realistic, and I like his writing style. Very easy to read book. And uh, this one I just got from my daughter and I. It's called The Essential Zen Habits. By, I have a hard time saying his name. What's his name? Author's name is. Uh, what's his name? Gosh. Leo Babota. Leo Babota. B A B A B T A. Babota. Leo Babota. It's called The Essential Zen Habits. Master the Art of Change. So, changing the thought line. This would be a great one, too. And the next one is more on the spiritual side for those um, who are comfortable taking this information. It's, it's by A.W. Tozer, The Attributes of God. Um, I love this. Um, volume one, A Journey into the Father's Heart. And I love this book. So you guys don't like to watch TV, I just read a lot of books, okay? 
So these are my, these are my top three uh, for 2023. Uh, I think you guys could give it a, you know, check them out, of course, you know, Healing of the Heart, Lessons from My Journey, you know, my, my first book, and um, so of course. And even when I read my own book, and I tell you, I'd still tear up, honestly. And so last but not least, so this week, I had something difficult that my husband and I had to go through. And I felt very discouraged. I did. And my faith was very tried. I said, you know, Lord, I don't agree with you on this. I don't. Yeah, I said that. I did. I'm like, I don't agree. And um, I just happened to just open my Bible. And I don't know, for some reason, what is this page marked to? It was like creased over. And I said, I'm just going to read it. So I'm going to read it to you tonight. It's from Luke. For those of us who are comfortable and safe and are not offended by the Bible, um, I'm just going to read. Um, it's um, Luke chapter 18. Um, the subtitle he said, The Parable of the Persistent Widow. So this is an area for growth for me to continue praying and to strengthen my faith so I can have a quality thought life, even when obstacles, when, when the negative forces come. This is what I open my Bible to. Um, Luke chapter 18, verses 1, 2, 8. It says, Then he spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, Say, But then he told the story. There was, a certain, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. I said to myself, wow, aren't we living in those times today? Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming, she weary. Verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? Verse 8, this is the verse that got me. Yeah, this is when the tears came. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? I was so convicted by that because in, in my moment of in my moment of um, testing, you know, I my Adam, you know, like said, "Are you gonna believe? Are you gonna doubt?" And I doubted. That negative force came, whoop, and I felt it. Sometimes things will come and pierce your armor that will want you to have negative thoughts. But I had to take a step back. I had to go into one of my mindfulness practices, which is I had to pray and I opened my Bible. That's what opened the door. I don't know how I preached that part. I don't even know how it happened. But I went looking for a way of taking care of myself. So I'm going to end this podcast by saying, you will have obstacles. You will have things that come against you um, that will do, try to derail you and try to have you have, um, develop rather a negative thought life. But you can change your thought life daily by mindful practices and considering those concepts that I went over with you tonight. Again, if you like any parts of, uh, if you want me to send the name of the book or um, want to send you the article or anything I mentioned tonight that I perhaps went over really quickly, feel free to drop me a line. You have access to my podcast information. And I look forward to our next podcast, which will be on the 18th at 7 p.m. Thank you so much. And we're going to go out playing.
family, family. I like that song. I can't even sing it. I can't even sing it, guys. No, you're my family. And then we're gonna we're gonna end it tonight. Again, let me know if you have any questions, any feedback. So here we go. So you know what? Let's do time. Open up your eyes and see this beautiful blessing, this gift that we call life. This gift called life. We only have it for a time. So make sure to spend your moments choosing what's right. Choosing what's right. Just what matters, do what's real Say I love you, laugh until Make new memories and new friends Cause life is a journey, so keep moving Embrace the hard times, don't lose faith Cause there'll be sunshine after the rain Don't give up, don't walk away Cause life is beautiful So count your blessings one by one Look all around you, count your blessings one by one So much to be grateful for your blessings one by one Just might surprise you Just how much that has died So count your blessings one by one One by one by one by one So count your blessings one by one One by one